Bet. Bet. Um, <clears throat> welcome back to the For Film Sake Podcast, everybody. My name is Brian Archie, and I'm here with... Chris Lucky. And today we're going to be talking about... Akira. There you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Talking about Akira. Uh, probably one of the most like quintessential anime movies. Oh. Um, but before we do any uh, before we do any of mm-hmm. that, ketchup. Got got something super super heavy right now. Yeah, what's up? Super important. Yes. Kangaroos. Kangaroos. So, so I need some context. So so apparently <laughs> there are forty million kangaroos <laughs> worldwide. Yes. All right. How many people do you think are in the state of North Carolina? Not 40 million. Not 40 million Not of 40 them. Million. So what if these kangaroos, these 40 million <laughs> kangaroos decided, they was just like, you know what? Let's go over to North Carolina and fuck some shit up. We, goddamn, <laughs> we would be fucked. We're fucked. Yeah, we're F'd fucked. in the A. F'd. <laughs> With all these kangaroos. Because like, what are you going to do? They'll tail swipe you. They'll box you up. They'll, they'll pull you. a little Joey out of a pouch and throw it at you. <laughs> like kangaroos, man. Like kangaroo artillery. It's just yeah. tinier kangaroos. <laughs> yeah. Just throw another more kangaroos. It's too many kangaroos, and I'm worried about it. I'm worried because they're all like, and it isn't like it's 40 million kangaroos, and like five million are in Canada, right. two million are in South Carolina. They're all in one place. They're all in one place. They're all in the Aussie. They're all there, yep. you know. So I'm like, no man. If they decided that they want to group up and start some shit, like that's it. They're more powerful than us. They can jump around. I seen him beat up Bugs Bunny in a cartoon. <laughs> you know? Some of them know how to box. Yep. You know? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> so that's, that's something super serious that's been on my mind, and I'm sure like all of our listeners have been thinking about that too over the past yes. like lifetime. There is, uh, we didn't know about this, but there's <laughs> apparently a huge uh, epidemic of kangaroo yep. uh, migrants that yep. are taking over other countries there's, by just having too many of them. That's gonna do it. It's, it's called a kangaroo yeah. kangaroo apocalypse. They, they yeah, the kangaroo apocalypse. <laughs> yep. They recently moved into the Australian government mm-hmm. and took care of that. So now Parliament to, in Australia is ruled entirely by kangaroos. By kangaroos. So now we're on the rule law yeah under the rule law yeah yeah, yeah. law so um we'll see see how that looks people think they worried about the the lizard people and the grays and all of that no man (laughs) nah it ain't the lizard people you should be worried about it's those goddamn kangaroos that are here on the planet right now ready to take over your home they look cute and adorable and mm. fuzzy until they walk into your house and kick your fucking daughter in the face. <laughs> and can kick and your daughter the through the wall. <laughs> I feel like this is the same rhetoric that Hitler used to become dictator. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he replaced kangaroos with Jews. With We're Jews. back in 1940s. <laughs> yep. you, do you realize how many Jews there are? And do you know where they are? They're mostly right here. Like They're mostly centralized in this area. If we could just round them all up. <laughs> Same rhetoric. And if you're not careful, that's Trump's America too, baby. Apparently, the fucking Hondurans are walking over with torches. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, kangaroos. Yep. Uh, Let's fuck up the kangaroos. Yeah. And and I'm glad, and that segues perfectly into the the real thing that I wanted to talk about, how politics are back on the news, and I hate it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like that time of the year again, and then you'll get like one, and it'll be like, um, this person thinks that uh, you, that children should be killed they're a baby killer don't vote for this person yada 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 and then that person will be on the next commercial they say that i don't like children but i actually love children and i believe in this this person doesn't support the veterans and if they can't protect the veterans how do you expect them to protect our families vote for this person i'm like i'm just like hearing all this 
Bullshit <laughs> back and forth like, oh. Hey, how about you give us like what you actually believe? Like, yeah. what's your, what are you running your campaign on? I don't yep. care if you want to kiss a baby. Don't care. I don't care. Nope. I don't care. In nope. fact, you could be friends with the kangaroos. No, that's what I'm saying. That's what I want to know. What are you going to do about these damn kangaroos? <laughs> you know, the veterans and, and, and babies and all of that. Like, no, man. No. <laughs> I want to hear what's happening on the rule law issue. Yeah. They're taking over. And sooner or later, we're going to have to share our churches mm-hmm. and our homes yep. with fucking kangaroo children. Yep. And, and I'm not, not going to share my them. home with no damn kangaroo. No. 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 We, gotta we gotta build a wall. We gotta build a wall. <laughs> we we have to build a wall. <laughs> we got to build and the wall. kangaroos are gonna pay for it. <laughs> yeah, the kangaroos are gonna pay for that wall. <laughs> but what if they just jump the fence? Jump the damn fence, man. <laughs> we gotta get on this. We gotta get on it. <laughs> I don't think people will understand the state of peril that we're in. So many kangaroos jumping the fence that will blot out the sky. <laughs> well, all, right, all right. I'm sorry. That's enough of my nonsense. <laughs> what, what, what you been up to, oh, man? Oh, fuck. I turned into an audience member. I fucking got me. <laughs> jump the fence. He's bringing kangaroos. They're going to jump the fence. Build a wall. Make them pay for it. Uh, I started shooting Mr. Clean last weekend. Hell yeah. Uh, and <laughs> it went surprisingly well. Nice. For being the first day. Um, we were, I was sort of worried that i was gonna you know fuck something up mm. or that something was gonna go wrong yeah. or like we couldn't open a door we're gonna get somewhere yep. it would start raining it would, yep. it's all of that shit that oh, yeah. goes wrong but it went well it nice. went well we went to visit and it did start raining but yeah. it didn't go against us mm. the some of the shots look absolutely great i see the rain might make it more dramatic yeah no it did help and it was like an overcast sky mm. so like yeah. there was no harsh light anywhere to be yeah. seen and it was just like fucking nice and that's nice. very nice uh so it worked out it yeah. worked out really well I just looked at some of the shots not too long ago, yeah. and it's 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 looking like it's happening. That's that's yeah. good to hear because like you you've been working on this for a while. Like yeah. I, <laughs> I remember the night you sent me an email, you was like something about this. Here's an idea, you know, just <laughs> Mister Clean, and then this. It it's was like, like two three, in the morning. Yeah, too. like two in the morning, like not even much to it. And it was like okay, I mean, it sounds all right, but then you just kept fleshing it out, yep. fleshing it out, taking stuff out, putting it in, and I mean, like what. A year later, maybe. It's and been, the, yeah, it's been damn near a year. It's been like nine months. Yeah, and yeah. like this thing is like really happening. Like yeah. something that you've been passionate about for a long time is coming to fruition. And like, and that's a weird thing. I don't really know why this is the story that happened. Yeah, I have three other stories yeah. in the backlog, but mm. this is the one that had to happen. I, yeah. I'm not sure why. Mm. And I, I think it's I don't know. I I really I really like that it's happening. Me too. I really like that at some point because I, I didn't want to make it mm. at some point, but I just want to you know fuck it. I'm just gonna make a movie with my friends. Yeah. And I think that's a, I think that's the important thing. I it think is. that's why I'm enjoying the project a lot. Yeah. It's, work with people you enjoy working with. It's working people you enjoy working, yeah. and it's not sort of heavy and dramatic. Mm-hmm. It is heavy and dramatic. It's yeah. got a complicated issue, but it's not like oh yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not making fucking Schindler's List. Yeah, true. So at the end of the day, you just get to have fun, to have fun. with your friends, pretending that Mr. Clean has a heroin addiction. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's kind of fun. It's yeah. fun. It's been fun. So oh, tomorrow yeah. we shoot. Uh, the scenes where we, he discovers that he his heroin addicted sister has relapsed and nope. OD'd on heroin. Nope. And so that's happening tomorrow. Nice. And uh, I'm excited for it. I'm I'm really 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 looking forward to it. And I have to make heroin, fake heroin. Yeah. After we're done recording. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. I can um, I can set you up with some people after the podcast. Yeah, it's really. <laughs> easy. I, I so it turns out that you can't buy one syringe. Right. Oh, really? You cannot buy, you buy one syringe. You have to buy the minimum Three? syringe. 100. You have to buy 100. 100 syringes? 100 syringe. 
Why? That is the minimum they sell it because they just sell them in bulk because they're single use for diabetic people. Okay. Right? So, like, 15 bucks, you get 100 days of insulin delivered into you. What okay? do you well, all right. But I, I only need at most five syringes. Yeah. So I have 95 syringes that I don't know what to do with <laughs> after um, Sunday. Huh. So I got to figure that out. And I'm going to see if there's, like, a drug rehabilitation center because, yeah. like, People that are not actually like rehab patients, mm. often they go to these centers to get clean needles yeah. to avoid the spread of disease. Yeah. So I might just donate them, the ones that I don't need. That's good, dude. But I was at a point in my life where I had to buy spoons, flour, cornmeal, and syringes. Mm. And I had to walk over to the cashier with all of these items in hand and then just go like, I'm just, please I mean, don't think I'm a crazy person. <laughs> I mean, e- either they know what you're about at this point or they just definitely think you're the crazy person yep, because yep. not too long before this, you were at like a store buying rope and a fake <laughs> gun, like a shovel, and <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. It's the same Walmart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at some point, it was like, oh, no, this guy. <laughs> yeah, this guy, something's wrong about him. We and got you're like, trailer. and you have like a very distinguishable image. Like when yeah. someone sees you, they remember that they've seen you. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely know it was you. Uh, that's going to be interesting in a couple of months. Yeah. If I go to Walmart one more time in the next six months, like buy something weird, yep. he's going to be like, all right, listen, we got to, you know, like, we got to, that guy's been on security cameras <laughs> you know. and I have a little bit of anxiety when I'm buying weird shit. So yeah. I tend to walk around a lot mm. before I get the thing that I want to get. Yeah. So I'm on all of the security cameras <laughs> yep. and I look sketchy in all of them. Yeah. Um, so that's fun. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much what I've been up to okay. and, uh, just editing and doing like small time gigs and yeah. trying to get that going and dealing mm-hmm. with school. Oh, yeah. Um, other than that, just been existing. Yeah. Really. Been writing. Nice. Uh, using the typewriter, which yeah. is a great way to write again. Okay. And, uh, just, man, just trying to make shit. Nice. That's really the thing. Just trying to make shit. That's super important. Yeah. That's awesome. Also, shout out to Vizard and, and, oh, yeah. and East, uh, I think it's East side local coffee. Okay. Uh, shout out to them. They provided us with coffee and Vizard let us shoot there. That is super the thing. cool. And yeah. super awesome, fun, creative people um, that if you're a creative guy, just mm-hmm. please give them as much money as you can. Oh, they yeah. deserve it. They're awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Have you seen anything? Um, seen anything new? Not really. I've still been watching Spartacus till oh, yeah. the end of that. I'm on the last season of that. So I'm just trudging through it so I can get it done and over with. Um, Besides that, nah, man, I haven't really watched much of anything. I've just been super depressed and sad and feeling down on myself for weeks on end. But, like, I'm <laughs> finally, yeah, I'm finally, like, coming out of it and feeling better and, like, confident again. Right. I, um, I started listening, like, it was just, like, masturbation is basically what, what, what I was doing. You know, like, not, not physically, like, hand on dick. Like emotional masturbation. Yeah, yeah, no, like, just, like, like, no, no, you're great. You're good. Right. Like, I went back. I read Paranoid, like, my, uh, my script. Oh, and yeah. then I started working on that some more and fixing it up. But man, like, this is good. This is fucking good as shit. Like, you have value. And then, like, I, I listened to some music that I made in, like, a 2011. I'm like, man, they didn't, they didn't even hear that shit. They don't even know how fucking awesome that is. But you know how <laughs> awesome it is. You are awesome. You know, and just, like, getting my confidence back by that kind of masturbation, yeah. you know, of, you gotta, you gotta hype yourself. You gotta be your own hype man. Yeah, yeah. You gotta be your own hype man. Yeah, yeah. So just start going back on like things that I've done in the past that I felt like were valuable to me, even if I didn't have like the outside um, validation. Mm-hmm. It's just like within myself, like 
the same reason I made that music because I thought that it was very good and it brings me joy. Like even when I listen to it now, the same thing from like these scripts, it's like you don't really have the outward validation of it currently, but it's just like you know what's good and what's not. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's just like I felt like it was good and it makes me feel good to know that I possess it. That's awesome. You know? Yeah, that's awesome. There's always something that's really satisfying about creating something that you go like, you know what? Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, that always feels fucking good. Hell yeah. yeah. I'm glad you're back on it, man. Glad you're yeah. back on it because I yeah. went through that. Like this, that's why the podcast went on mm. break for a little bit because yeah. I was in that pit of self, yeah, just rotting away. Yeah, it's like sort of like Batman and the Batman begin uh, that dark dark crisis, dark crisis where he gets into the pit and then he has to that's climb what, out with a broken back. I think like, that's the first. Let's Batman begins. Isn't well, it? in the first one, he gets there to get tested. Mm. But then in the third one, Bane just throws him in there again uh, with a broken back. Okay. And then he climbs back out and he puts a shitty knee. Br- Listen, this metaphor got confused. <laughs> what I'm saying is, we're Batman. We're, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Can't keep us down. Rise from the ashes like a phoenix. Damn yep. It. Goddamn right. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I haven't seen anything really significant either. Uh-huh. I, just, I just don't have, I haven't had time. No. I haven't been at home for mm-hmm. more than like six hours a night. Yeah. It's awful. <laughs> but, I mean, you got to grind on the grind. On the grind. On the grind. But yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Actually, that's a lie. Okay. I bought wireless headphones. Okay. The wireless earbuds. Yeah. And they're so tiny and so nice that they're not like intrusive at all. Mm-hmm. So I've been listening to audiobooks like fucking crazy. Nice. And I've been listening to Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've been listening to a lot more podcasts mm-hmm. because I now have my podcast in my left ear all mm-hmm. of the fucking time mm-hmm. and it's phenomenal oh, yeah. you're a guy that just like can't sit still with noise yeah. get the wireless earbuds and then you can just walk around the world with one ear constantly shoving content in your head yep and it's great i love it oh same like yeah i wouldn't be able to exist in like uh, at work or just most social places or whatever like i always have to have something in my ear yep. and 99 percent of the time it's a podcast you it's know awesome. so yeah podcasts are fucking awesome yeah they're oh, fucking yeah. great oh yeah i got blessed podcasters yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but that's all i got uh yeah same i, I wish i've had more things that i watched that i could tell people about but it's just yeah. i don't this just, time just yeah being a person is exhausting man. yeah Mm. Um, but yeah, we're gonna. I guess. I guess we'll cut. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what you think? She's a she's a weeb. Uh, yeah, yeah. She doesn't watch much anime though. Oh, okay. Like not anime at all. But um, she we didn't like collectively. We both didn't understand really what was happening the first twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Then after that, like glued. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that movie's a fucking eye catcher. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about it, too, because mm. part of the, that structure yeah. is part of why I think the movie's so fascinating. Um, anyway, give us a rundown, man. Well, welcome back to the film. Film's sake. Uh, give us a rundown. <laughs> All right. I'm <laughs> uh, talking about Akira. It's rated R. came out in 1988, listed as a drama thriller with a two-hour, five-minute runtime. Uh, the rundown is, in, in 1988, the Japanese government drops an atomic bomb on Tokyo after ES- ESP experiments on children go awry. In 2019, 31 years after the nuking of the city, Kaneda, a bike gang leader, tries to save his friend, how do you say his name, Tetsuo? Tetsuo? Tetsuo from a secret government project. He battles anti-government activists, greedy politicians, irresponsible scientists, and a powerful military leader until Tetsuo's supernatural powers suddenly manifest. A final battle is fought in Tokyo's Olympiad, exposing the experiment's secrets. Damn right. Oh, yeah. Listen, that's a... Pretty big encompassing summary of whatever happens in this movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, of course, uh, it's directed by Katsuhiro Otomo, mm-hmm. uh, who also wrote 
the 2,000-page manga that it's based on. Oh. It's a six-volume manga that exist, existed before the movie started, mm. existed while the movie was being made. It was still produced, like being printed yeah. while the movie was happening mm. and then finished after the movie. Nice. Uh, at least in my understanding. So, mm-hmm. like, it, it's an expansive 2,000-page epic manga. Nice. And that's uh, and, and I think that's an interesting because it, it's as the same writer and the same director for both projects, like both mediums, nice. manga and yeah. film. Um, Continuity. Uh, it, it's great for like the content of the film, but it's also great for someone to have that understands the mm-hmm. content yep. to adapt the content. Yep. Writer director type of thing. We're talking about right. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is one of this is a recent. I haven't read the manga. Mm-hmm. It's two thousand fucking pages. Yeah. So I've got to get some time. Yeah. But uh, the idea that something that the guy was still writing while he was making the film and yeah. producing while he was making the film and seeing how the ideas for those like expansive pieces of content translates into two hours and five minutes yeah. is really fascinating. Yeah. And it's, it's this, it's the source of the only problem I have with the movie. What's that? Uh, it's the pacing. Okay. The pacing of yeah. the movie has issues. Mm. Uh, and it's the pacing of the subplots of the movies are handled kind of weird. They mm. have issues because there's so much content It is yeah. that you have to condense it down. Yep. Um, but that being said, I mean, the movie is, is one of the biggest staples of Japanese culture mm that has made it into American culture and sort of been iconized and reproduced and referenced mm. and sort of given this, um, you know, this worshipped status of yeah. content. And, yeah. and, that, and that happens every so often. Yeah. And Akira is one of those quintessentials, like, Japanese culture. Like, even if you don't watch anime, yeah. you've heard the name Akira. Okay. And then you recognize the shot of the bike that happens. Yeah. At least once. Yeah. Like, you recognize I've that I've seen shot. that bike, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's fucking great. There was, yeah. like... With with this particular movie, and because I don't watch a lot of anime, well, not anime movies. I watch right. anime, but I don't see, haven't seen many anime movies. And I knew that you had already seen this, and you know a bit about it. So instead of like trying to find out, you know, going because I usually do the research into the the point to where what is this? What is he trying to get across? Right. So I have my ideas of what I think it is, mm-hmm. and then I want you to kind of just educate me on what you well from one which how you feel about it, and right. then what the truth actually is. Yeah. yeah. All right, because. Number one is I felt like serious, heavy religious overtones. Like I I, I felt like the whole thing was like a, um, like a a kidda was supposed to be like representation of a God or Jesus, you know, and then everyone's waiting for this person to to return. And then when you have Tetsuo who's coming in and then there was like, oh no, that's not the real um, uh, kidda. He's a false prophet. He's not real. And then I'm like, oh shit. You know what? So it's like, I was, I was looking at it that, that way. So, um, is is that how? It's definitely one of the thematics of the film. Uh, but th- that's interesting. That religious portion takes mm. a ma- it's a massive subplot of mm. the manga. Okay. So in the film, we don't see it translated very much, apart from meeting the guru guy yep. and or the temple leader. That makes more, yeah. Uh, and sort of, but what ends up happening with that religious overtone is that people do worship Akira, mm-hmm. sort of falsely, yeah. because Akira is the being that destroyed Neo Tokyo yep. the first time. Yep. And there's this idea of like, well, the Messiah is coming back. Mm-hmm. The, the people, the the person that led us through salvation through destruction is the guy that's bringing us. The, like, it's, he's coming back. Yeah. It's this idea of a fucked up twist to what would be the tra- the more traditional reincarnation mythos and like mixed with sort of the the Christianity mythos. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a really interesting fucking conglomeration of like what religion is. 
it's it it was like because when when I seen Tetsuo and he's just sitting here destroy like they they shoot they have a a tank and they shoot a missile at him and then he just stops it blows up right in front of him no damage everybody looks at it and they're like oh shit the he's back Akira's back all praise Akira yeah yeah you know and they're following him it's like he goes off it's like oh he's going towards the bridge and they all start chasing him yep. towards the bridge I'm like hold on now you just seen all of this death and destruction you want to go towards that you know but it just reminded me of like um just like I said you were brought up at Catholic I was no. I was brought up in church heavy too and it was just when jesus the messiah does come back he is a he's a a, um, a being of vengeance and of wrath and yeah. of destruction you know so i'm like just those parallels and them them thinking that this is a return and them them seeing this destruction and then not being afraid of it and just right. being like drawn to it mm -hmm. it was like wow like this is and, and that, uh, did you said it right there sort of the being attracted to the violence mm -hmm. and destruction yeah it's also another really massive thematic in the film because uh, this is this is like around this is the 1980s, mm. but since Japan after since after Hiroshima happened, yeah. a lot of their content has been a lot of their pop culture has been like afraid of destruction, afraid of technology, mm -hmm. and sort of this anti um, technology twist to it, or not anti technology, but like their cynicism about how technology affects society, mm. and you can see that in Godzilla, which is a, just an, a huge allegory for anti nuclear, yeah. you know, movies. Yeah. And the, and but uh, Akira is that's interesting because what it does it stakes after the nuclear destruction of like the four decades before the movie starts yep. we see Neo Tokyo mm -hmm. built in a failing government in a in a violent society where mm -hmm. people have no kids society yep. has absolutely been destroyed to yep. its full of a skeleton as it can yep. and then it's rebuilt itself from the ground up. Mm -hmm. And but in doing that, you have all of these problems, like the economy's fucked. Yep. The people are violent. People yep. don't have parents. The yep. culture tends to um, glorify the people that can take care of themselves. Yep. You have gang members oh, fighting yeah. each other openly in the streets, and it's sort of this. It's this story from like what humanity, sort of bringing humanity back to its true nature, yeah. and then saying that like no matter how much we try to avoid this, inevitably we're always going to destroy ourselves and then start back from the beginning yeah. and then continue destroying ourselves and then start back from the beginning. Yeah. And, and and that happens quite a few times yeah. in the in the manga. Oh, okay. And the end of the movie, in the manga it happens a few times, and in the movie we get another destruction of it. Um, but interestingly enough, the big flash of light at the ending of the film, yeah. you know, with yep. like they had this huge epic fight, mm -hmm. and Akira essentially creates a pocket dimension where a new universe is happening, and it takes Tetsuo to that dimension. Yeah. And so it's theorized that that's another universe that's starting from zero. Mm. And then Tetsuo is essentially that Akira's, that universe's Akira. Akira, yeah. Uh, so it's, it's a sort of this cyclical nature uh, with the cynicism of mankind and how we can't handle the lack of conflict. Oh, I love that yeah. so much, mm -hmm. what you just said. Like, there's, I don't know if I wrote that quote down from when she said it. No, I didn't. I, all right. So I think they're, they're in like a holding cell of some kind. I can't remember her name. But she's talking about how um, what what Akira is, mm -hmm. and how it starts with just like the the S's and a molecule and a, amoebas, and how the even like an amoeba has unlimited energy, mm -hmm. you know, and they're just breaking all that down. And then at the very end of the movie, you see um, Kanada, and he has like something that looks like a molecule or smallest tiniest beam of light that he's holding in his hand, you know, and it's just like how you're saying that it could be a brand new universe mm -hmm. that so much power could be in something so small that you can barely even see. 
And then just that little blip of something creates an entire universe that spreads out all that energy to create so many different things, you know? It's wild. Also, but the symbolism in that is just like the thing that sparked the entire movie. The Big Bang type thing? It was was an atom bomb. Mm. What's the tiniest unit that has any sort of power atom. it's the atom yeah. what happens when you split the atom mm-hmm. massive destruction so even the ending of the movie that gives yeah. you that tiny bit of optimism is a reference yeah. to what has been the most destructive thing that humanity has ever achieved yeah um and i think it's fucking genius yeah uh, it's one of the best um sort of thematic explanations of something that i've seen mm. in culture in a really long time and mm. this is why people fucking love akira because apart from looking fantastic yeah. and being delightful to watch, yeah, it is. you can just fucking deep dive on it mm-hmm. and then just keep finding reference after reference about, yeah. you know, like religion and, and, yeah. and symbolism yeah. and the manga does an even greater job at expanding on those things. So it's just like, fuck, Hell it's yeah. really good. There was there was something within, and this is a Japanese, right? Yeah. yeah so there was something within this that has to be like part of their culture. It was just like, because I don't see it in American writing and American movies and this just this dynamic so um, I hope I wrote this part down. Yeah. Um. So Canada, he's he's talking to the um the kids like that look like ghouls. They were part of the first yeah, experiment. Yeah. He's talking to them, and uh, they they um he's like, no, you can't take Tetsuo. He's ours. If somebody's gonna kill him, it should be us. You know. <laughs> and and uh, Canada, it's like he's it's it's a weird dynamic that I'm not accustomed to seeing. It's like they're friends, but they're also like he's trying to kill his friend at the same time, kind of, but he still cares about him, but yeah. doesn't want him to die. You know, and it's like after you've seen something that your friend like um uh, Tetsuo, Tetsuo, he he Tetsuo, has yeah. killed so many people at this point, caused destruction everywhere. And he's not really in control of his powers anymore. But even when he was still in control, they tried to like stop him and let him know it's like if if you keep using the power this way, then that power is eventually going to control you. Right. You know, and he still doesn't heed any of that. And it, it just it just felt like a weird dynamic that Tetsuo still wanted to be his friend because at the end of the movie, when um, Tetsuo realized it's too late for him, he fucked up, everything they told him was right, and he's basically just like crying and pleading and begging for any kind of help that he can. Yeah. And Kanada jumps in and risks his life to save a guy that would have killed him and in, had a tr- in a second had been trying to kill him yeah. for the last 45 minutes of the movie. You know, and it was... And then when you have the... Um, the subjects, they're looking in there like that's like what really made the movie for me. Like the what I while watch it again many many times is just like that friendship and that bond. All three of them, you, I seen it earlier in the movie where there was like, okay, let's let's attack together, let's combine our, our power and we can accomplish something. Right. And then that comes back up at the end when one guy jumps in and then it was like, hey, we can't help them if we, we won't be able to have enough power to make it back out if we go in there, yeah. you know. But this guy didn't deserve it, you know. Canada, he went in there to help his friend. He didn't deserve to die. He don't deserve any of yeah, this. Yeah, we can save this. Guy. We can save him, you know. And it was just like. I, don't, I, don't, I just don't see that dynamic in a lot of American movies and in American writing. It's just when someone goes that far bad to where they don't have any redeemable qualities, mm-hmm. there usually isn't anyone there willing to still to help them help save them. them. Out. Yeah. And I think it's because American culture is sort of caught up in the idea of the lone wolf. Mm. You know, the sort of like the, yeah, I'm the big bad hero yeah. kind of guy like yeah. that. Yeah. I think like American culture really focused on that. Mm. And we grew separate from that culturally where we value society as a whole mm. and American culture has a little bit less um, intrinsic value to the mm. overall 
um, concept of society yeah. in general. Yeah. The Americans are pretty self-centered. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm not a Japanese culture expert by any means, mm. but from looking at their content for the last like 15 years, yeah. there's always a sense of like Japanese are always focused on like honor and like yep. always focus on the thing. It's just like, well, I know what's better for me or what's, be- what's good for me. And what's good for the other people yeah. is immediately better than the, the what's thing that's me. only better for me. Yeah. So there's there's really a sense of community in Japanese culture. Yeah. Where like they don't they're really against littering. They're really against things that eventually create harm to other people, even if they don't know him. Yeah. Don't know them. So and 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 in Japanese content specifically, that dynamic of having two people that are like essentially rivals and friends. Yeah. Has been. You know, in anime oh, forever. Yeah. Uh, Goku, Goku, Vegeta, Vegeta oh, Naruto, yeah. Sasuke. Oh, yeah. They're all just conglomerations of that. And I think it's what's happening is that the sort of like a friend can't stand seeing another friend be something that they know they're not. Yeah. And they want to help them see clearly because there's a lot of spirituality in Japanese culture. There's a lot of like, like if you behave in some, in effect in a certain way, mm. then when you die, the afterlife won't receive you well. That, that the kind of those kind of ideas. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's it's part of that. It's part of like, well, he's my friend. Yes, he's doing these horrible things, but there's always a chance of redemption. Yeah. There's always a thing that we can do to help them and sort of realize that they fucked up. Yeah. Whereas American culture is more of just like, well, he no, fucked up. He fucked him. up. He deserves what he gets. <laughs> you know, he's right. off with them. Yeah. Um. So that's that's definitely that dynamic, and I think that dynamic is what makes the movie like a really powerful thing and a really powerful allegory for what Japanese culture is. Yeah. Like they might destroy themselves. They might go through these cycles of something, but there's always at least one person that's willing to jump into yeah. the danger and pull someone out. There's always one person to die for the common good. Yeah. And I think that that ending puts value in that idea. And well, that's why Canada gets rescued by the three, you know, the the subjects, psycho yeah. kids. Yeah. Um, because they saw that even if like, if we were to start over, we need more people like, like that. He needs to live. Yeah. And yeah. I think I think that's where that dynamic comes from. It, it comes from a mutual respect of the people around you. Yeah. And also the people that you love and value. And I like that a lot. Culture. Which is why I find Japanese culture, like, really fascinating. We don't see that emotional density no, a lot in American in, cinema. Not at all. And when we do see it, we, those are often the movies that stand out. God damn it, I love that phrase, emotional yeah. density. Yeah. Like, that's, <laughs> that's real shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there, there's, a, uh, there's a line from uh, Kyoko that I liked a lot, too. Um, she's saying that the future is not a straight line. It's filled with many crossroads. There must be a future that we can choose for ourselves. Yeah. And, like, that's another line, like I said, that will make me watch this movie over and over just because, like, how true to life these things are in the dialogue. You know, I, I was thinking about, like, from my own perspective, like, wanting to be... I want to be Lil Wayne. I want to right. be the rapper, the best rapper ever, you know. And then at some point you realize that's not going to happen, you know. But like she says, it's like the future is not a straight line. There's a lot of different crossroads. What is the future that you can choose for yourself? Right. You know, choosing your own future, choosing your own path. You know, now that this is kind of gone, you can still choose. Like, so with 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 that, it was saying, okay, there's a very bad thing that's going to happen no matter what. Now we don't. That doesn't mean that this is the only future that we could possibly have. Right. You know, this still has to happen. You know, but there are so many different opportunities. You know, to still exist after with that. that. Thing happened, after yeah. that thing, yeah. And 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 that shows a real adaptability of character. Yeah. Which is a real character progression. Yeah. Like they're not intent. And this is what I like about this movie. It's it's a post-apocalyptic movie, mm. and they're facing a new apocalypse. Yeah. But they're not intent on stopping the new apocalypse. No. Uh-uh. They're, they've already lived through one. They yep. know they can live through another one. Yeah. 
what's really happening here is they just want to survive yeah. through it. And that's what I think, in my opinion, that's what gives the movie a lot of that sort of resonance with mm. people because yeah. we're all just trying. There's no grand hero. No. You know, these are just, this is just the guy yep. and another guy yep. that just got caught in an extraordinary circumstance. And yep. I don't think we ever lose that. No. And I was expecting something different from the movie at one point when um, when I'm hearing about like Akira and it's just a, um, it's an essence, it's an aura. So I'm hearing, I'm, the way that I'm thinking about it is that anyone can really tap in, you know, to mm-hmm. that, you know. So I'm, so I'm like, okay, we're seeing Canada a lot in this movie. Is he going to tap into that essence of Akira and then, you know, become just as powerful as Tetsuo and then we're going to have a final battle with them too, right. just being mega powerful? You'd have the Chronicle in there, essentially, if that were to happen. Yeah. You know, it would have become a movie like Chronicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was like, no, Tetsuo doesn't get powers. He's just a regular... Canada doesn't get powers. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Canada doesn't get powers. He's just a regular guy with nothing but just ambition and hope and try hard. Mm. You know, he's out here with a damn laser beam gun, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and tr- trying to take down a guy who just has complete control over everything around him, you know, and he's not letting that stop him at all. He also has a badass motorcycle, by the he way. He does have a badass motorcycle. <laughs> he got a badass Which motorcycle. Which he steals from a guy that clearly doesn't deserve that motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And then... Tetsuo steals a motorcycle and then he steals a motorcycle back from yep. Tetsuo. Yep. That motorcycle's been through a lot. <laughs> I, I wanted to know. And one like, of the most iconic, sorry, that motorcycle is one of the most iconic icons of Was Was there like some symbolism? Was that, like, what was that supposed to like um, be? Because like that, they harp on this motorcycle from the beginning to the end, like getting the motorcycle, Tetsuo, re- Tetsuo really wanting that motorcycle. Everyone seems to covet that motorcycle so much. And even towards the, the, the very, very end, you see that red motorcycle and it's all beat up and mm-hmm. fucked up, but it's still, riding it yeah <laughs> it's like i don't i didn't understand where the I, symbolism with that was but i can't think of like any anything for certain but i would say that like the coveting for that motorcycle would sort of i guess could be symbolism of like how tetsuo wanted power mm. and then he would do a lot to try to get that power and have yeah. that eventually consume them mm. and then in canada getting that motorcycle is sort of like a just an emotional remembrance of Tetsuo. Yeah. Like, that's kind of... Uh, I don't have any solid symbolism yeah, yeah, yeah. on that, yeah. but, like, that's the closest thing. It's just going, like, everyone coveting this, like, really cool motorcycle. Yeah. Apart from looking amazing it and is. working with Canada's character design. Yeah. It's sort of like, yeah, of course, you. this is your bicycle. Yeah. And and that's also one of those things that I've, I feel like Japanese culture does a lot when there's, like, one item yeah. that clearly belongs with one person. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is completely true, but in the samurai, there was a belief that so, the sword shows you sometimes. Okay. Like, I know, I remember there's an inkling in my head that Japanese samurai used to believe that the bond with them and their sword used to be really significant. Okay. So it may be ah, a carry on. So I'm saying essentially that this is Canada's sword. sword yeah. You know? So it could be something like that. Yeah. But I have, I, I have, I see where you're going with it. that. Yeah. That the um the beginning of the movie, I was like, this movie is super eighties. Like the first, like the first twenty minutes, like these are the two things that they gave it away. One was um like the way they were talking, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, you wouldn't have talked like that back then, but it was accurate for for the time. Right. Is um I can't remember who it was that um he was like, I just say I saved your life, and then he was like, he's trying to get with her. And she was like, oh, you just seem like a skirt chaser. Mm-hmm. He was like, no, no, I think you're pretty yada yada, and it was like, uh, my name's this, and she was like, uh, can I get your name? And then she was like, nope. And just walks off. Like, you can't even give me your name, you cold. bitch. <laughs> cold <laughs> bitch. You cold bitch. Yeah. You cold bitch. And I'm like, damn, bro. Like, you know, whatever. But it's like, I'm like, okay. Did you I, watch the? Sorry, did you watch the Japanese dub or did you watch American dub? This is what this. Okay, this is another thing. So this is the hardest movie to find 
ever. That's, yeah, it, it, it was so hard to find. Like, because usually I watch something on Amazon because mm-hmm. I can get the subtitles on there too. Was not available on Amazon at all. But um, I found it on Fire Stick and it was dubbed. Okay. And so they're speaking in English, but then when I go to um, take the quotes from it, they're completely different from what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? That tends to happen when, when you dub something and yeah. sub it. Um, yeah. Do, that, do you remember what this guy said? Where there was so they're they're um they're all in this facility at the very beginning of the movie, and then he says something something old man, and then the guy turns around here. He's like, "I'm not an old man. I'm only 25 years old." Something something something. Like that's what he said in the English version. Yeah. But then when I like wrote it down from the quotes, he was like, "I'm not that much older than you, so don't call me pops, or you'll find yourself pushing my uh, polishing my boots with your tongue." You know, it's like they were saying completely different tone. They were saying the same, thing. but trying to get the same thing across, but yeah. saying completely different words. So I was like, I wonder what how that was going to react. But anyway, the uh, the other thing that let me know like where the time was is that Canada is sitting there wearing this Michael Jackson Thriller jacket yep, yep. through the entire thing, and um, my girlfriend's sitting there watching it with me. And I was like, What year did you think this movie came out? And she was looking at the jacket. She was like, 85? And I was like, well, anything after 1984, you would have been in there. You yeah. know, because Thriller came out in 1984. This movie came out in 1988. <laughs> and, you know, Michael Jackson was heavily idolized, not only in the United States, but heavy overseas he as well. Inter- yeah, yeah. So just seeing the, like, the, the, um, the way that they were talking at the beginning and that, um, that Michael Jackson jacket, I'm like, oh, yeah, we some late 80s now. <laughs> now I'm with also, it. Also, <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about, like, the animation mm-hmm. of the movie itself. Okay. Uh, I, I, how much, like, I don't know if you know, a lot about animation mm. but a lot of animation studios edit in two like they animate in twos which means that for every second there's 12 drawings okay uh what that does is that creates fluid enough motion that it looks like a moving image mm. but you have to draw less but the fluidity kind of gets sacrificed some okay. people you can animate in twos you can animate in fours and you can animate in sixes mm. uh, sixes is usually like really low quality stuff because the more the less frames that you have the cheaper it is to make something because mm. you don't have to draw as much yep. Um, so this movie in particular was con- was a conglomeration of partnerships by seven animation studios nice. in Japan. So the budget was fucking insane. It I was bet. eight to eleven billion yen is in Japanese money. What, what is? I don't know. I don't know what that gen. translates. That sounds like a lot. To, it it sounds like a lot. It's yeah. it's a shitload of money for yeah. an animated movie. Yeah. Uh, especially in Japan, had a, an, like an economic boom mm. in the eighties. They nice. were re- they just recovered from Hiroshima. Mm. And so anyone that was working a salary job could afford a middle-class lifestyle, nice. which means that people could consume. Yeah. But when people consume, it means that people have money to create stuff. Yep. And so the people that were doing anime starting from the 60s mm. now had the opportunity to experiment. Nice. And they could make really awesome content. And that's how we got stuff like, you know, Evangelion. Mm. And, and Love Evangelion. Fist of, Fist of the North Star, which is that one, yeah. the, one of the most important animes. Like, it sparked the whole big buff people fighting okay. kind of thing. yeah. Uh, huge influence for Dragon Ball C mm, even. Okay. So like this is really like what's considered the golden age of animation. Yeah. And then we have seven of the biggest studios getting together mm. to surpass the level of quality that Studio Ghibli has consistently been doing at this point with okay. Lupin the Third yeah. and all of that shit. So this movie is mostly animated on ones, which means that there's 24 drawings every Ye- second. Yaisa Minnelli. Which... Uh, from like it doesn't sound like it's a lot of no, difference from animating in twos, <laughs> uh-huh. but the fluid of the fluidity of the motion mm. is insane. You can see every weight of every tiny muscle that moves. Can and I everything? Can I yeah. give an example of that without yeah. knowing any of what you just told me beforehand? Last yeah, night I was I was sitting there and I wish I would have just recorded the shot, but I'm sure you have it memorized in your brain at this point too. Mm. All right, 
So the shot is they're um, they're looking over the city, and there's an old man with a cane walking walking down, and there's a guy following behind yeah, him. The parallax. Yes. Yeah, parallax. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. and you can see he's limping with the cane, like the limp is fluid, like it looks like it's an actual camera following them through it. Yep. I'm like, this is gorgeous. It's fucking insane. Like that shot, it was only less than like seven seconds, yep. you know, but that like knocked me on the floor. Another one that really got me there, um, just like looking at it in a, in a way that. Cause like 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 a filmmaker, I'm mm-hmm. like, man, did you like storyboard? If you storyboarded this shit out, like, how long is it taking you to make it's this? Crazy. You know, because like there there's a scene to where they're like burning things, and it looks like there's like a tablet or a television screen that's inside of a fire, yep. and then you're zoomed in close on the television screen in the fire, then the television burns out, and then you zoom out from the fire, and then there's people everywhere. I'm like, fuck, this is great animation. <laughs> it's that's amazing. Yeah, it is one of the most beautifully animated pieces of content I've ever seen. Yeah, and part of that is because, is because of that, like uh, Katsu. Uh, Katsuhiro Otomo, uh, he's amazing. First of all, he's amazing at drawing mm. in itself. And he understands the meaning of manga mm. really well. And his manga takes advantage of the medium of manga amazingly well. He's yeah. got really like colorful, vibrant, detailed backgrounds. Yeah. And that is a huge advantage for when it comes time to do the movie. Mm. Because the backgrounds are as important as what's happening in the foreground for Akira. Mm. Because all of the background destruction that's happening in this movie is the thematic of the movie. Those, like, the chaotic, endless, like, pile of destruction that keeps happening to Neo Tokyo Mm. is what the movie's about. It's not about Akira and Tetsuo, or Akira, Tetsuo, and Canada. Mm. It's about the city itself. So when you you pay attention to all these, like, really complicated, intricate backgrounds... All these gorgeously fluid animations that are happening, yep. and all of the detail that went into crafting every single frame of yep. every single one of these shots, you really have an appreciation for someone that understands the craft of animation. Yeah, and it's crazy. And like one of the other few studios that I believe understand this craft to this degree is Studio Ghibli. That's uh, the Spirited Away. And, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Hideo Miyazaki. Yeah. Like. Yeah, and the guy that did uh, Paprika as well. Okay. Um, so, like, there's 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 not a lot of movies that capture that beauty of motion. Yeah. And sort of take advantage of the medium of animation. Yeah. And Akira is one of the ones that absolutely do it in one I of agree. the best ways it can. There's one shot that seems like a really tiny shot. Mm. But it's when uh, uh, Tetsuo is laying on the ground. All right. And there's a slight pushing into his face. Mm. Normally, they would draw a background and they would just push into the, the guy. Yeah. But in... The the studio drew the background every frame yes. and animated the perspective of every frame in that pushing. Yeah. So you see there's a pebble that's right on the left side of on the on the left or the right side of his head. Perspective. And that pebble moves with the shot. Yeah. And it just gives you an idea of like what's mm. happening in the shot. So it looks like real camera movement. And that's something that I, I'm convinced you can only do when you draw in ones and twos. That's it's a combination awesome. of both. It draws in ones and two frames. Yeah. Um but that was, it's fucking incredible. That's awesome. Because, yeah. I mean, just like thinking about it in that way, how you broke it down that way, it's like you're essentially creating more work for yourself, yeah. you know, so you can have a better product. Yep. <laughs> you know, I'm like, wow. Because like you could have just took that pebble out of out of the frame, then, you know, out of that, you know, like out of the frame, like it's really there. <laughs> you could have um, took that pebble there. And like you said, you just uh, created so much more easier yeah. work, but like with it and you having the perspective and the getting closer, like. No. And yeah, the, the sort of, just like even the, the way that people move, subtly when they're talking yeah like if you have that in twos you you don't get a lot of that like when people move they jiggle they move they jiggle and then animating in ones really lets you feel that yeah and it lets you 
like in, in, in manga, you have the ability to like see how expressive your characters are. Mm. And but you only have still frames. So you kind of depends on like lines and dramatic camera yeah, angles. Yeah. But in, in film, I mean in, in animation, anime, yeah. you have the advantage of using those lines, but you have the advantage to move them. Oh, yeah. And see what those lines do to the elasticity of your characters' mm-hmm. faces. And you're not recreating reality, you're enhancing reality Very much. through these lines. And that is what I think is the beauty of animation. And it's something that Akira did amazingly well. Yeah, I mean, you know, I thought that there was going to be some um, big, like, I thought it was going to be very anticlimactic, mm-hmm. you know, towards the end. Because you got Tetsuo, he's looking for Akira. You know, he was like, because he feels like he's, like, uber powerful. And there's supposedly someone else is more powerful than him. Mm-hmm. And in his mind, he's just going to go kill that guy. And now he's the most powerful person on earth. Right. You know, so he's hunting he's hunting Akira down. He finally, you know, they, he digs him up, you know, from the bottom of, like, an Olympic uh, ring or something like that. Uh, yeah, and that's, that is the Olympic Stadium where Japan hosted the 1960 something olympics oh wow yeah, yeah pretty so accurate it's a it, it's a huge historical thing yeah but it's that stadium and that was sort of the stadium that melded american and japanese culture, culture together. as one thing huh. so the destruction of it is also thematically of like what they felt about yeah. american culture at the time of when they're facing destruction yeah you know? Yeah, I mean, it, like I said, it felt like it was going to be anticlimactic because mm-hmm. he finally does get, you know, um, he finds Akira. It's inside this um, large dome, uh, silver ball type yep. thing. Um, you it's have like a, a Saiyan pod. It, 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 <laughs> yeah, Saiyan pod, yeah, yeah. Kind of comes over. He's trying to stop him the whole time. He's not able to stop him. You know, he finally busts it open, and then he just sees, um, what would you call these? They're not like vials yeah, or tubes vials. or, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like these, these vials, like five of them, and then they're explaining to him, was like, yeah, he's dead. We took his tissue and his organs, his body parts. You know, we split him up between this, you know. We try to bring him back, but we're not able to, yada, yada, yada. Right. So you're just like, fuck, man. Like, I've been waiting for an hour, 45 minutes. I want to see Akira <laughs> fuck Tetsuo up. That's <laughs> 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 I was waiting for because like they, you already have the the he's a false prophet he's not the real prophet so I'm like yeah the real prophet about to come out here and show you what's up you know but when you see that these tubes and these vowels you're like damn like kind of anticlimactic yep. but then they revive Akira and you know at the very last moment like as the plan was and you see this child for what maybe four seconds yeah, at tops at tops and it's just he lets his essence his energy just his very being mm-hmm. you know it just creates so much energy that like you said it just um what do they do capture it into like some type of ball it, it sort of it sort of it destroys the entire city yeah but it also creates a new dimension a new dimension there we yeah. Go. yeah yeah so that's kind of the thing like tetsuo gets taken by akira yeah and yeah. canada gets rescued by the psychic kids. like just that much power like tetsuo is like like using power you know here and there akira is so like he's just essence alone like yeah. he's not out here you know shooting fire out of his fingers or anything right. it's just the just the mere presence of him is that kind of power yeah. you know i mean that's it, it it just, it just looks so cool. By all means, he was a god. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, very much. You know, but I guess Tetsuo will be considered a god at this point now, too. Right, yeah. You know, yeah. And Cycle of life continues. It, and that's it. That's like the really the sort of what I think the overall message of Akira is. is just yeah. going that humanity will eventually continuously destroy itself. Yeah. And it will rebirth itself. Yeah. And then it will continue to destroy itself. Yeah. It's just in our nature. And yeah. a lot of that's, that cynicism comes from the way that technology and humans started to interact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was dope. And then they had the... Um, what was it like the scientist guy that's in a room and he's looking at all these things through like um, a 3D type projector type thing or whatever? A hologram? Like a hologram, yeah, 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 yeah. looking at that. And just like looking at it as if like um, seeing something that's looking like the Big Bang, you know, like the creation of life mm-hmm. and the destruction of all life. Like I said, I just, 
like the symbolism like between you know Christianity and Buddhism a little bit too that mm-hmm. I always see him through there and it's it's just got so many layers to the to this movie that like I can't I'm gonna be watching this multiple times. Yeah. I mean it's there's a reason why it's held on so long in yeah. culture. And fun fact, like this movie's referenced all of the time. Yeah. And like Kanye West, the video stronger. Who? Kanye West. Kanye? Yeah, Kanye West. <laughs> I was like, how you said it. It's like, who, who the fuck is Kanye? <laughs> <laughs> Just a can with the word yay printed on it. Uh, <laughs> so he said, it's stronger? The, the, the... Yeah, yeah, stronger. Okay. That scene where he's breaking out of the hospital in that video, that mm. whole sequence of shots, yeah. is directly... Oh, that's Tetsuo breaking that's out of the hospital. Oh, that's shit. Hospital, yeah. that is, the, uh, it, it's even got Japanese lettering. Oh, throw it. I never that. understood that stronger yeah. video. In uh, the scarf the bandages in the head yeah. is a direct recreation of the shots from Akira. Uh, the motorcycle shot makes yep. it in fucking almost every movie that has a motorcycle. The motorcycle was in the stronger video too, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 I think so. It's in, oh God, it's in so many fucking animes. Frick. Almost every anime that has one motorcycle scene, there's at least one shot devoted to the Akira shot. Yeah. It's done in a live action. Like it's referenced fucking everywhere. Yeah. And it's called the Akira shot. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's an iconic movie iconically well produced an amazing story yeah and it while it is an adaptation of like this massive manga and reading the manga will give you so much more sort of information and knowledge out of all of the things that are present in the movie yeah the movie is a very great compromise Mm. in that story you know it still sells that story very well it creates a problem of pacing which is one of my biggest problems with the movie if you blink you miss you missed the, yeah and you're like who what character is that which yeah. one is that Wait, what's going on yeah and, yep. and 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 that's fine because the movie needs that mm. because the movie needs to get through all of this information mm. but what that creates is just a lot of subplots that yeah. go nowhere yeah, they sort is. of unravel mm. by the end of the movie like the the anti-capitalist message of the corrupt politicians okay uh, you know the guy that kind of looks like a rat yep uh, his whole subplot uh, is involved it's, in this anti-capitalist thing, but it happens in the movie and it just didn't really disintegrates. Yeah. Uh, the, we have the subplot of the religious solids. Like, that just kind of happens. and yeah. it, It's a huge thing in the movie, yep. uh, but it just kind of disintegrates by the time that we get to Tetsuo, you know, becoming, becoming a god. Yeah. Uh, so, like, that's my biggest problem with the movie. Mm. So it's just like, there's just no conceivable way that you can compact 2,000 2, pages, pages of manga exactly, yeah. and not have some pacing issues. Yep. So, like, I get it. And I'm not giving it a pass for having those issues. It mm. would have been like, you know, maybe a different format would have fixed that. Maybe yeah. making it an animated thing would have fixed that. But for a two-hour feature film that isn't covering all of that, I yeah. mean, it's absolutely genius. It is. You know? It is. Um, but that is a significant problem. And it's just like if you blink for like three minutes, you're just like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. And uh, that happened to me, which I had to rewatch the movie like three times. And every time that I rewatch, that you rewatch it, you kind of like understand a, a little, little more something of it. Yep. Which I guess it's good for the movie itself. Yeah, for rewatchability. Um, but once you realize that that pacing is happening because of a adaptation, mm. li- like a limitation of adapting source material, yeah. then you kind of become like, all right, is there any better way to, to adapt the source material? Yeah. And so far, I don't think there is, especially because the director was the same for both projects. Yep. But I'm interested to see if, if anyone will try yeah. it eventually because yeah. it's such a huge piece of culture. Yeah, I agree. I fucking love this movie. I, I do too. Yeah, fucking amazing. Um, what was your favorite? Like, what was your favorite bit? Um, favorite. 
favorite favorite part of the entire movie. Like I said, it was that it was that it was that one shot, like the guy with the other cane. The with the cane. When he was walking through, they're like, "Man, I rewound that thing so many times <laughs> because, like I said, how fluid it is. It's so amazing. It's like he's the limp is there, the cane step, the sound, like the the background, the the tracking." I'm, it blew me away. Like that shot there, like keeps saying shot. <laughs> that just, is a shot. I mean, really, yeah. It just, it just, it, it makes, it made me feel like this is something that I need to invest more time into. So That's it's good. like I've, I've watched it once. I'm going, like I said, I'm going to be watching this a lot more times. The the shot that did that for me was a shot of when Akira, I keep saying Akira, hmm. when Tetsuo yeah. um, lost his arm and he recreates it. That's the shot that did it for me because you see all of the strings and wires and. Metal sort of filling the skeleton, then it's yeah. sort of the base for the muscle, and yeah. then they all lock yeah. and intertwist into the like what is essentially tendons and yeah. muscles, and it just looks so dynamically yeah. fluid, yeah. and it's fantastic. Yeah, and like the thing is, like a normal animation studio would have made that show by just drawing Tetsuo and then drawing Put it on. separately. Like, doop, there you go. Yeah, Put right. that on there. But it just looked fucking amazing. And yeah. That was a shot that did it for me. That is really nice. Yeah. yeah. What'd you give this movie? Um, I don't like this is. Um, it's a little out of my element because I don't watch a lot of animated movies, so mm-hmm. I feel like my rating is going to be a little higher than it maybe should be right. just out of inexperience and just the shock value of it for me. Mm-hmm. But for me right now, this is a nine. A nine? Yeah. Um, I kind of agree. You know, it's like... Yeah. And like, I've seen it like three times now, and I still think it's a fucking nine. Nice. It's a great, amazing movie. Cool. Oh, yeah. the only, again, the only issue I have with it is that pacing. Yeah. That's it. Um, if you really like... Um, this movie, mm. I recommend that you watch Fist of the North Star. Okay. It's way less intense, way less dramatic than this one. Yeah. But it's that 80s, like, violent, post-apocalyptic mm. sci-fi thing. Yep. And I think you'll dig it. I'm about that life. Yeah. Hey. Uh, I think that's it for Akira. Yeah. It was good talk, man. Yeah, yeah great good. talk. Uh, we're going to cut, and then we're going to come back to television and movie. Yeah. Welcome back. Television movie premieres. Hey, hey. Uh, television movie premieres from Tuesday, October the 30th through Monday, November the 5th. Uh, the first thing's not going to be until Friday, November the 2nd. Oh, Jesus. It's uh, Homecoming. It's on Amazon Prime Video. Mm. Uh, based on the hit Gimlet media, media Fiction podcast of the same name. So we got it. But, you know, what, what I really want to promote on this one right here is the fact that podcasts are starting to get television shows or um, their content televised. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That, did, this, did we talk about this recently? One time before, there was yeah. a um, there was a podcast called Two Dope Queens, mm-hmm. and they've been podcasting for years, and now they have an HBO television show, oh, wow. you know, with their podcast format just in front of an audience. And now we're seeing another podcast, uh, the Gimlet Media Fiction, and that's being, that's being brought to Amazon Media. It's just something that 10 years ago, no, there was no such thing as podcasting. Then five years ago, there, you know, 2008, they're like, okay, podcasting is a thing, but right. nobody's really paying attention to it. Nobody like, knows how to make money from it. Yeah, yeah, still That's people really are figuring that out. That's really what the thing was. Nobody knew yeah, how, how to make money of it. And now it's like, if you go ask five random people that you see, maybe three of them know what a podcast is yeah. and how to access it. You know, so we're still not at the point to where everyone knows and has access to it in the way of um, local television right. or AM, FM radio, you know, but it is noticeable to a point to where they're getting television shows, yeah. you know? So, I mean, that's, I, I just really enjoy seeing things like that, you know, at the medium that we're on right now, just seeing that people are noticing. Yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like, like, 
maybe our kids' kids, like mm. that generation, yeah. podcasts will be so inherently natural yeah. to them. Yeah. That they'll just be like, oh, yeah, no, of course, I'm just going to listen to this yep. podcast at, like, five. You yeah. know, like, five years old listening to goddamn... Listen to anything. Just yeah. fucking how to build Legos podcast or whatever. How, how to be, build a Lego bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's fucking wild. That's awesome. Congratulations to them, man. Hell, yeah. That's, uh, that's Friday, November the 2nd. Same day on November the 2nd, this Friday, House of Cards is coming back. Oof. Kevin Minus Kevin Spacey. Yeah, <laughs> Minus Kevin Spacey. Did, um, did he get ganked last season? Yeah, they, they, they took him off. I, yeah, I didn't watch the last season because as soon as I heard, I was like, all right, Do you I'm know good. how they wrote him off? No, like I stopped. I stopped after uh, season four. They're on season six now. Yeah, this right. is season six. I stopped after season four. I believe they took them off somewhere in season five. But right. mm, but they said a Netflix first original series draws to a close today with a delayed sixth season minus the star Kevin Spacey, who was removed from the cast. Uh, the new season finds Robin Wright's Claire Underwood serving as president. So, all right. So a lot of people are coming back and Robin Wright's character is going to be the president now. So um, Robin Wright. She's awesome. She's fantastic. She's I super love that awesome. Woman so much. Yeah, she was in Wonder Woman, right? Mm -hmm. she, yeah, she Wonder Woman, uh, Forrest Gump. She played Jenny. Um, oh, she did. She did play Jenny. Oh yeah, Jenny. Yeah, she. Yeah, she. She's awesome. Yeah, she's fucking great. I'm glad that she's she's the star of the show now. Yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. So it's like if you like checked out of House of Cards before because of Kevin Spacey, the guy's gone now. Go support. You know, Robin Wright. Right. Last season. I wonder if the filmmaking of House of Cards is still as impressive as it was when it came out. It's not as groundbreaking, no. Right, I yeah. mean, you know, like when they came out, it was like, whoa, it's like, like this, is, this is, yeah, thing. on television. But now it's just like anything else. It's like you see the blueprint and they, people will see that and then they make something much better. Right, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's a bit sad. I get not sad, but I guess you can only get so much creativity and uniqueness and like, pushing the the boundaries from you know only so much from someone or mm -hmm. from a group of people you know like they gave us something that was groundbreaking but can you break ground over and over right well that's the interesting thing mm -hmm. but because when you break ground over and over you run the risk of losing a lot of money uh, yes so people won't really let you break that no, ground anymore. no um which is why shows like stranger things and house of cards get increasingly less interesting per season yeah because they're just they're just not letting them try new things yeah yeah, there was a, there was a television show that I really quite liked, and I don't remember the name of it. That was constantly trying new things. Yeah, uh, like every season was just kind of like, no, wait, I think that's that's why American Horror Story has been. Oh yeah, yeah, anthology. Successful. Yeah. yeah, the anthology, the anthological nature yep. of content yep. lets you keep pushing that. Keep boundary. inventing yourself, reinventing yeah. yourself, and pushing the boundaries. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. agree with that hardcore. And, uh, Fringe, Fringe, that was it. Fringe, Fringe. okay, it was a very strong procedural show. Mm very super simple formula yeah but every season the way that they raised the stakes yeah. was always increasingly more interesting and the filmmaking wasn't anything particularly more amazing every time yeah but how they presented the show was always reinventing yeah. the previous season and it was really nice to see that it was is, a nice escalation is that the show with um with glenn close fringe mm, it's a uh, i don't know it's a it's a son with olivia olivia What's her name? Olivia. Wild no, Olivia. not Wild. She's Russian. Tornoff. Olivia Tornoff. Oh, I don't know her. Or not Tornoff. Tor I'll, I'll Google okay. her. But yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's, uh, that's House of Cards is going to be coming back this Friday, November the 2nd. Be sure to support Robin Wright because she is awesome. She is. Shout um, out to you, Robert. Hell yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, the next, <laughs> I was like, did he say Robert? But then <laughs> I was like, maybe Robert. I miss her there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's Anatorf. 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 And Joshua Jackson and John Noble. That's oh, yeah. uh, like the main three cast. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, same day, uh, Mike Judge presents Tales from the Tour Bus. Isn't that the fucking Beavis uh, and Butthead guy? Creator of Beavis and Butthead, creator of uh, Office Space, creator of... Um, oh, fuck, that's right, he did that Office Space. What's the damn uh, Silicon Valley? Um, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Creator of... Crap, there's something else really big, and I'm going to be mad about it. I'll find it later. But yeah, uh, Mike Judge presents Tales from the Tour Bus. It's an animation on Cinemax at 10 p.m. Uh, season 2 focuses on stories about funk artists, including George Clinton, James Brown, and Rick James. <laughs> Rick James, bitch. Hell yeah. Now that, sound, that sounds pretty fun. Yeah. Especially from uh, someone like uh, Mike Judge, who grew up, who his prime era of youth would have been in that George Clinton, James Brown, Rick James 70s era. Yep. So it's like, who better to get, you know, an animated comedy, I assume, it would have to be because Mike Judge, yeah. you know, than, you know, Mike Judge should do something like that. So Yeah, who better to make that funny? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's that's Mike Judge presents Tales from the Tour Bus. That's going to be coming out this Friday, November the 2nd. Uh, last two things. First one's going to be Saturday, November the 3rd. Shut Up and Dribble. It's a sports reality uh, documentary on, uh, well, miniseries, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. on Showtime at 9 p.m. Um, it's basically getting into, because there's a lot of basketball players that are getting into politics now because Donald Trump is talking but, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, whenever a basketball player has oh, something to say. People have said about yeah, yeah, like yeah, tell LeBron. It was telling LeBron like, just shut up and dribble. You don't. You shouldn't be getting involved in politics. Yada yada yada. So um, now a lot of basketball players, and because of the thing that happened with uh, Colin Kaepernick, just athletes in general are getting into politics in a way. Right. You know, not like they're about to go run for office, but they're just you know having I mean, things to say. Activists. Yeah, they're, they're activists very much. Yeah. So I mean, that's I just want to promote that. That's super important. You know, for people that are enjoy sports, that you don't have to just be one thing. You can be a lot of different things. Yeah. But um, that shut up and dribble. Uh, Sunday, November the 4th. I know you're going to love this. You're going to love this, man. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Two, the 2018 MTV Ugh. EMAs. You're going to love it, man. Entertainment, entertainment music? What is an EMA? I don't know. I'm assuming entertainment... I thought there was Media like... Media awards, maybe? For some reason, I thought this... I just... I seen MTV... EMAs. I thought, I thought, I thought it, was, it was um the music awards. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like oh, yeah. What else? What do they do? Uh, I thought they, do they do anything besides music awards? MTV. Uh, EMA. Let me see. Europe Music Awards. Oh, the yeah. Europe so Music Europe Awards. Music Award. Oh, all right. Go ahead. Cancel yeah. that. MTV Europe Music Award. Yep. All right. Well, yeah. I'm. Uh, yeah, it's artists and pop culture. It was originally conceived as an alternative to MTV Video Music Awards, which are hosted annually in the United States. So right. it's the same thing, but just, uh, European. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, if I wasn't going to watch the American version of it, you know what? Well, maybe the Europe version is better. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I'm not going to watch nah, that either. So. <laughs> not going to do it. I'm <laughs> so, so done with award ceremonies. I mean, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, for the most part. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy the Oscars, but yeah, anyway. But that's, that is it for television. A lot of movies coming out, oh, but not, not great. Well, yeah, you tell us if they're uh, good or not. There's one that I'm excited about, though. Well, let's see. All right, so uh, we got one. It's called Bodied. It's rated R, 120-minute runtime. What's it called? Bodied. Oh. Like okay. bodied. Like you got bodied. Ah. <laughs> it's a rated R, 120-minute runtime. It's a comedy drama. has a 72 meta score. Rundown is a progressive graduate student finds success and sparks outrage when his interest in battle rap as a thesis subject <laughs> becomes a competitive obsession. Go, go ahead and do the Eminem 8 Mile thing. I just know you're ready to hit me with some mom spaghetti. <laughs> 
It's like a fucking, it's like gentrification of the Eminem 8 Mile movie. Yeah, yeah. That's really what it is. Yeah. <laughs> You know, he, but he's a he's a he's a graduate student, you yeah. know. But he wants to be a battle rapper. Is a guy white the character? Oh, he he looks white. It, there's there's a black like... guy in a white kid's face, okay. so it looks like the white kid is the one that um is a graduate yeah, student. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. I am interested in that just because I want to see what Eight Mile looks like if it's in a high budget university. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it has a seventy-seven meta score, like not bad, you know, maybe. But um, yeah, that's that one. Um, the n- okay. He's falling on a sweater already. already. <laughs> Hell yeah. His arms are heavy. Doesn't fucking go on. <laughs> uh, the next movie is A Private War. It's rated R, 106 minute runtime. It's a biography, drama, war movie, 68 Metascore. One of the most celebrated war correspondents of our time, Marie Coven is an utterly fearless and rebellious spirit driven to the front line of conflicts across the globe to give voices to the voiceless. Uh, Stanley Tucci is in this. Stanley Tucci. She's, is she the, the, the lady wearing the eye patch? I think Stanley Tucci's a guy. Stanley Tucci's a guy? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, I, I, true. What's the lady? She's the main character. Um, Rosamond Pike. Rosamond Pike? Rosamond Pike. Pike. Okay. I, haven't, I haven't heard her name, but I'm she looks really interesting. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, but um, I'm not interested in many war movies. I'm usually not either. You know, but yeah, that's that one. Uh, the next one is Nobody's Fool. It's a rated R, 110 minute runtime. Well, listed that's not like as, an Adam Sandler movie. I mean, it's kind of is a Tiffany Haddish movie. Okay. So you know, kind of the same thing. <laughs> um, it's called Nobody's Fool. It's a rated R, 110 minute runtime, listed as a comedy drama. Rundown is a woman is released from prison and reunites with her sister. She soon discovers that her sister is an on, has an online relationship with a man who may not be what he seems. It's the most obnoxious trailer to play right after a good trailer. Oh man! And before the movie, I've, I've haven't seen <laughs> that's this happened trailer. to me. That's hap- that happened to me a couple times. I haven't seen this trailer, and I guarantee I won't see the movie. But it's uh, it's starring Tiffany Haddish and Whoopi Goldberg. Like I, I love Whoopi Goldberg, and Tiffany Haddish is cool, but. Tyler Perry, like I'm, I clucked out immediately as soon as Tyler Perry's name yep. is mentioned and everything. Yep. I just can't handle him. Mm-mm. He's got a loud face. I mean, like, even like he he's not in like fifty percent of the movies that he directs and produces. Right. But it's just I I don't like what I feel like at this point is the exploitation of black culture yeah. for huge profit. You know, to the point that he's bought an island. Like he literally bought an island. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. But um, like when this guy came around in 2002, my first stint in college, and he he was making stage plays, stage shows, and he would have someone with a camcorder in the audience and just taping it. And then those tapes started to make circuits, you know, just around black communities and gas stations, wherever you're buying bootleg tapes. Mm-hmm. And I started to see him in 2002 in college. And when you're seeing it, it's not, it doesn't feel exploitive because you didn't pay for this. The guy who made it is not making a lot of money. It's just you're seeing like an over-dramatization. And it's not seeping its way out of black culture. Black culture, yes. It's still staying within us, you know. And then it's just showing just a super-dramatized version of what we are. Just so hyperbolic that it's just... But it was funny in a way. You know, but now that it's gotten so big, it's like, I feel like we're being laughed at. You know, as as a black culture. You're just sitting here cooning and tap dancing. And it's like... I don't want to get go so far like Spike Lee has gone. Like Spike Lee, he goes at Tyler Perry. He has oh, really? no respect for him as a <laughs> filmmaker, as a director in the black culture. Like he mm. goes at him. And it's like, I don't want to go that far because like he is, you know, another human being making money. And I mean, he's trying his damnedest to yeah. do something, you know, 
I mean, he's doing what works for him. Yeah, I can't disrespect yeah, him on yeah. a human level, yeah. but on an artistic level, yes. it's just I, it's just nothing I can vouch for. Not for, not for I can't, not yeah. for me either. But um, but that's that's um, nobody's fool. Uh, Tiffany Haddish and Whoopi Goldberg's in it. Yeah. I mean, if they, if it's your type of thing, then go check that out. Definitely. I'm really glad, I'm really glad that people like Tiffany Haddish mm. are getting work, like yeah. fe- black female comedians yes. getting work. That's oh, yeah. significant. Yeah, and I love that she did. Yeah, I just want to see those stars in different types of movies at yeah, this point. Yeah. I just want to see what they look like right next to the big white Hollywood star. Yep. You know, instead of like in their mm. own little echo of like just black exploitation. Yeah. yeah. Miss I, I totally agree. Hell yeah, man. Um the next movie, let's see, we got two movies left. Uh one is gonna be The Nutcracker and the Four Realms. It's a PG 99 minute runtime. It's an adventure family fantasy movie. Rundown is a young girl is transported into a magical world of gingerbread soldiers and an army of mice. Uh, it stars Mackenzie Foy, Kira Knightley, Morgan Freeman, and Helen Mirren. So, uh, Alice in Wonderland, just just in Christmas? <laughs> yeah, like Christmas Alice in Wonderland. That's, that's basically, yeah, that's yeah. what it sounds like. I, I like I like Kira Knightley and, yeah. and, and Helen Morgan Mirren. Freeman. She's awesome. And yeah. Helen Mirren, she's awesome. Hell yeah. I like the cast, but it's one of those movies. Yeah. yeah. And oof, last oof. last but not least, like, I've been waiting, and you've been no hearing been about this for a while, yeah. too. I fucking, for, every trailer that I've seen for this movie has looked good. Yeah, you yeah. say has or hasn't? Has. has. Me, too. Like, yeah. the ones I've seen have looked very good, too. But now that I'm seeing this 49 meta score, I'm like, what? Uh, <laughs> but um, the, the movie we're talking about is Bohemian Rhapsody. It's PG-13, 134-minute runtime, listed as a biography, drama, and music movie. Rundown is a chronicle of the years leading up to Queen's legendary appearance at the Live Aid 1985 concert, directed by Brian Singer. We know Brian Singer from uh, something. He's on X-Men. X-Men, okay, yeah, yeah, that's what it was, yeah. Um, director Brian Singer, it stars Mike Myers, Joseph Mazzello, Lucy Boynton, and Rami Malek. Rami Malek from Mr. Robot. That's him? Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, he's fucking fantastic. Yeah, he is. Uh, and you can tell that he's the best part of the movie because that's he's everything in the trailer. In the trailer, yeah, that's all the trailer. <laughs> yeah. trailer. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Rami Malek is an amazing he actor, is. and I mean, it's fucking. It's a Queen. It's a movie about Queen. Yeah. Who's the most iconic band to ever exist? One of them, really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I just want to see what this translates into. I do, and, I do. and I'm, I'm sad about the Metascore, but that's a I'm, shitty Metascore. It is a shitty Metascore, and it's either the movie's bad, mm. or people that are f- over fanatics of Queen mm. have seen the movie, think they understand what Queen is, and then they're not giving any leeway in Brian Singer's interpretation mm. of what that Queen story is because yeah. they're so overly fanatized with it. That could be very much be a possibility. Like I'm, I'm, my, I'm leaning on the fact that it's like people are going there to see a movie and they're going and they're getting a biography, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't know how that's gonna play out. You know, is he going for entertainment? Is he going for realism? Is he balancing those two things? Yeah. You know, is he blurring the lines? Like, cause I mean, you know, there people use. I mean, a biography, but it's like they'll, this thing may have happened out of sequence, but we need to put this here in order for things to flow right. To make sense. It yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So it's like. Artistic liberties. Yeah. Taking artistic yeah. liberties. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, I'm, I'm still interested. I'm yeah. a little let down, but like. Um, I, I want to yeah. see it. One of the other things that concern me the most is that it covers a specific time span mm-hmm. in Freddie Mercury's life. Yeah. And that lifespan doesn't cover when he was, when he died of AIDS. Mm-hmm. It doesn't cover the AIDS journey no. of Freddie Mercury. And I saw controversy on that online mm. when people say, you're making it 
fucking Freddie Mercury movie, but you're not covering the fact that he was a gay man with AIDS. Like, yeah. What's happening? So that may be another factor in why yeah. it's getting such a twisted negative review. Yeah. Everything looks good in the trailer. Like, the marketing material looks fucking yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yes. So, like, I cannot... Like, if this movie is bad, I will be very disappointed. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. That, yeah, that's it for television movies. But, uh, listen, we good episode. I have nothing yeah. else to add. Nothing else to say. Great episode. We're good. Yeah, We're yeah. good. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think we can suck our own dicks this time. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think so, too. <laughs> I think so, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can find us on Facebook at the FFS Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at underscore the FFS Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Google Play Music app if you're on Android and iTunes if you're on Apple under the name for film's sake. We're also in Stitcher and almost every other podcasting thing that exists. I made sure of that. Okay, <laughs> and you nice. can find us on Twitter at underscore, uh, no, at Brian Archia and I'm at a T-H-A underscore V-O-N-Z. Hey, hey, thank you guys for listening. We will see you next week. Late. Bye. Bye.